1: Fast DJ Nation, what is up? What is happening? We are on to week eight. We have another, I think, pretty solid week of, uh, of uh, at least another slate uh, that that looks pretty solid right now um, on this week. I uh, got a little bit of value that's opened up. We've got a lot of injuries that have uh, over the last uh, or since last weekend. And then, you know, some stuff that's on, like especially uh, Tony Pollard week. Uh, Look, really it looks we could be, uh, be upon us here with Ezekiel Elliott possibly missing. But that being said, uh as always, we start at the quarterback position. We go position by position here, and at the quarterback position, uh, there's not a lot of uh, you know high priced guys here on this slate. You have Jalen Hurts at 8,300, Kyler Murray at 7,500, but then Dak Prescott at 6,600, Tua at 62, Kirk Cousins at 61, and then Stafford at 6K, and then everybody else is 5K and below this week. So I think this could actually open up some pretty interesting builds with not a lot of high priced quarterbacks on the slate. Obviously, the Chargers and Chiefs are on bye this week. Josh Allen isn't on this slate either, so I think this could open up a lot of value this week um, in terms of uh, getting unique and building. Uh, Maddie, what are you doing at quarterback this week?
2: Yeah, so there's there's three games that really stand out to me uh, from like a game stack position where I want my quarterback to come from, uh, and that is we've got Miami and Detroit. That game opened with like a forty nine and a half total, I think, or fifty. And it's up to 51 and a half, and it's only a three and a half point spread with Miami being favored. So I have a lot of interest in Tua and a lot of interest in golf. And I mean, they're actually relatively cheap this week. Tua is 6,200, and golf is 50, 55 or 56. Um, so very cheap quarterbacks there for a game with a total over 50, and what should be a close game. And and Detroit, I you know, we talk about uh Detroit on the road uh the last few weeks and how you know we don't like golf on the road well now they're back at home here and we've seen their their home games shoot out uh a couple times already this year uh if we look at uh pull up jared golf's game log and his home games uh home game against seattle uh, three weeks ago 45 to 48 he's jared golf scored 37 dk points home game against washington 36 to 27 golf scored for 26 dk points and week one against philly 35 to 38 golf scored 16 so uh that's a 45 to 48 36 27 and 35 38 scores there in detroit um meanwhile when they go on the road uh they've scored six zero and 24 points on the road this year so uh you're looking at game totals that go absolutely nuclear when they play in detroit and that's because jared golf is just a better quarterback when he's not on the road dealing with all those the crowd noise and and uh, having to deal with all the play calls, via hand signals and all that, so I really like that that Detroit Miami game, but it's going to be popular, so uh, just figuring out a way to to be different with that game. So if you know if everybody's going to play Tua with Tyreek, maybe you play Tua with Waddle and and Gasicki to be different, or you know maybe you don't play Tua and play the golf side and and run it back with Mostert and and uh, Tyreek or Mostert and Waddle you can you can still play that game absolutely just you know figure out a way to be creative with with how you're getting exposure to you know the 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 lower owned pieces of that game cuz that game can go absolutely nuclear in any different way i mean gasicki has been he- more involved the last two weeks and we've seen Mostert uh take over the lead role so you know he's getting 70, 70, 70 to 75% of the snaps there in Miami so um and we know that you can run on Detroit you know we've played running backs against Detroit all year uh, so definitely a good spot for him and a spot that everybody should play Tua. You know, Mostert makes a lot of sense as a pivot. So I know we're talking about quarterbacks, but I guess all that to say is I, I think I like golf from that game or get creative with your Tua stack and play um, Waddle and Gesicki or maybe Hill and Gisicki. Uh Because I think if a lot of people play Tua, they're just going to plug in Hill and, Hill and Waddle together. So you're not going to be able to be very different that way. So uh, the other two games I like, I really like – Uh, the Arizona Minnesota game as well. That's another three and a half point spread with a 49 total. Uh, we've seen you know, Kyler Murray just for whatever reason, and DeAndre Hopkins is good, don't get me wrong, but I mean, Marquise Brown is good as well. And we, Kyler Murray looked way better with DeAndre Hopkins in the game last week. They put up over 40 points and you know, all year last year before Hopkins, uh, got hurt. Uh, the, the Cardinals were one of the top offenses in the league. And uh, what they start the season 8-0 and or something, and then Hopkins got hurt in like, what, week 10 or week 11? So, um, yeah, I mean, this Cardinals offense with Hopkins back, and they they actually used him in the slot way more than they ever have uh, last week in his first game back. He scored 23 DK points without catching a touchdown, uh, which is pretty ridiculous. So I really like Kyler Murray here. We've, we've also seen him have an uptick in rushing usage over the last couple of weeks, and that's because James Conner has been out. Uh, and Connor, you know, it has a questionable tag. Uh, he's been limited in practice, so he may actually play this week, but I still think, you know, this is a great spot for, for Kyler to, to have a big game, uh, against a Minnesota defense that, that can definitely be beat. And even on the other side, Kirk Cousins, like he's in a solid spot too. We just saw Andy Dalton absolutely obliterate this Cardinals defense, uh, last, just last week on Thursday night football. So, um, Cousins always plays better at home uh, in these one o'clock games. And, uh, I really, I just really like this game environment as well. So these are probably, my quarterback is probably going to come from this game or the Detroit Miami game. Uh, just because the, these two, I think these are the two games that can go absolutely nuclear this week, uh, outside of the third game that I'll, that I'll briefly mention would be Las Vegas in new Orleans. Uh, that you know, both those defenses aren't really playing defense, especially the Saints. The Saints have just rolled over and not played defense against anybody the last few weeks. Uh, they've been dealing with some injuries, but overall, they've just not been very good, uh, especially in New Orleans too, which uh, has been crazy. Usually, they have that you know that home field advantage in the Superdome, but um, they've given up a ton of production, and the Saints should be able to score points against Vegas going the other way too. Uh, So, you know, I like that game a lot. I don't think my quarterback's going to come from there just because I think both teams can do some weird things. Like the Saints could involve Taysom Hill and he could score, you know, two touchdowns, which obviously you're not going to play him, but he can take away from, you know, Andy Dalton scoring touchdowns. Uh, And then on the other side uh, for uh, the Raiders, I mean, we've seen Josh Jacobs absolutely crush this year and he's finally priced up. So, there's your boy Kate and He just caught a touchdown. Hopefully that shoots you up the uh shoots you up the standings there in showdown tonight. But oh replay third down. It's a flag. Oh, that stings. Holding call. Um, so, anyways, I like I like the Vegas, New Orleans game as well. I just don't think my quarterback's gonna come from there. We'll talk about running backs when we get to that, uh, when we get to a running back position. But long, long way to say, I really like the Miami Detroit game. And I really like the Minnesota Arizona game. And my quarterback will come from one of those two games. I am not playing uh anger this week. I know he's only 4k and he opens up a lot. And I know he a- ran for a ridiculous amount of yards and t- or touchdowns in college. Not, not a ton of yards, but yeah, I think 15 rushing touchdowns over his junior and senior year uh, at Texas. So definitely has mobility. We saw him absolutely crushed in the preseason and Washington is is a spot that you can, you know, throw the ball against, but that total was already low. It was in the low 40s before the Matt Ryan news came out and it's dropped down into the 30s now. And the Colts are still favored. So, I mean, Vegas is is not really writing off the Colts offense uh because they were, you know, favored with Matt Ryan starting and now they're favored still with Uh, Ellinger starting, and that's probably more of a byproduct of Taylor Heineke being the starting QB on the other side for Washington, even though he just beat Aaron Rodgers. So um, I think that that game is just going to be a really slow, ugly game. And I just don't want my quarterback to come from that when I think we could have potentially Miami and Detroit, Minnesota and the Viking, or Minnesota and Arizona and Vegas and the Saints that could all realistically could, could, could combine for 70 to 80 points. Uh, So I'm going to stack up my passing attacks from one of those three games. uh, And that is the way I am going to let the cookie crumble this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't – I think the initially my first thought was, you know, I think with with his ability, it's going to depend on what the Colts do with him. Uh, I think he probably, especially in his first start – you probably see them uh, take it. You know, really try to ground and pound here with Jonathan Taylor and really take the ball out of his hands. Uh, if if you know, I think there's a way he could get there, but uh, like you said, I think it's just a little bit too thin. This game looks really gross uh, on the surface. I actually think if you want to pay down at a quarterback who has actually played very very well each of the last three weeks and. It is against a very good defense, but that is Justin Fields, I think, if you want to get different. At $5,200, uh, he has, over the last three games, uh, he has 82 rushing yards last week against the Patriots, 88 rushing yards against the Washington Commanders, and then um, and right now he's had at least uh, eight or more carries in every single game this year, and they're starting to get a little bit more creative with them and how they utilize them. They talked about last week after last week's game that they've kind of stolen some pages out of the Ravens playbook and how, you know, be able to get him some design runs and so and like i said he is only uh $5,200 this week and he is uh last week is coming off his best game of the year scoring 24 dk points again rate obviously the, the the cowboys defense is uh very good they're number one in past cvoa but i think there's a scenario here where you could see him eclipse you know get close to that hundred yard marker and, you know, I, I don't think he's going to throw the ball a ton. He's probably looking at 20, 25 attempts, probably somewhere in that range because they really haven't trusted him to throw the ball a ton. I mean, even in games where they've been trailing, uh, they still don't throw the ball. But if you're wanting to pay down at a quarterback position, I think Justin Fields is, is a spot you could go to. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, if he can get you 20 DK points at $5,200, uh, I think you're doing well. And I don't think you actually have to pair him with anybody. I think if you want to play him naked, I think that is a spot you could go to. Um, if you're wanting to pay down at quarterback this week, but you know, the, the, the other spots uh, I definitely agree. Um, the, the games that look like the best games this week are for sure. The ones that you mentioned uh, the, the Raiders and saints game um, has the the biggest movement we've seen. It opened up at 43 and a half. It's all the way up to 49 and uh, six plus uh, point uh, increase there. And then uh, the other game that you mentioned uh, the, the, the Dolphins and Lions game opened at a 50, it's up to 51 and a half. And the same for the the Vikings game opened up at 47 and a half and up to 49. And all of these, all of these teams are right here in the top five or six of implied point totals this week. Um, so I, I think uh, this is kind of, but I think this is where all the ownership is going to come in as well. So figuring out a little bit of ways uh, once ownership kind of gets more concrete, like Saturday night getting a little bit different here, I, I think is going to be key because there, there's not a lot of like, Situ- like a lot, a lot of other games that I think that really intrigue me, um, no. and, and at least in terms of the passing games that like, I mm-hmm. feel like could be like a sneaky spot, right? Maybe if you want to talk about like this Dallas offense, maybe if, if there's not enough ownership coming in on them, because they do have the fourth highest implied point total this week, we know Chicago's set up, you know, defense is not very good. And they also just lost their best pass rusher and Robert Quinn, who was traded to Eagles. So if you wanted to do something like that, if, if the bears can kind of keep this game close the Maybe going with a DAC, uh, you know, stack it could be something that we could definitely look at. But like outside of that, like what is there? You know, like the the Seahawks Giants game. I mean, maybe that that game could get there. Um, but we've also really seen that the uh, the Giants don't really throw the ball a ton either. Uh, really trust and lean on their run game with, with Saquon and, um, but I guess Daniel Jones. I guess if you wanted to go to him, I think that could be a spot you could go to because Dale Jones is also running the ball at a really high clip. He's averaging about 50 rushing yards per game on the season. Um he's not really getting it done through the through the air, it's been mostly on the uh, on the ground for him. But uh you know his rushing numbers if you look at him as well, it's kind of very similar a little bit to Justin Fields. where last week he had 11 carries for 107 yards. Week before that he had six carries, the week before that he had uh, 10 for 37, 6 for 68, 9 for 79. So, like he is also getting there on the ground. And I think if he can provide you some of that, and this is a pretty good matchup against Seattle defense that um, has looked better, but I don't think that there are, you know, a defense that we should be afraid of attacking either. They are 19th in pass DVOA and 17th in rush DVOA, So they're right there kind of in the middle. And so Daniel Jones at $5,700, I think uh, if you wanted to go there, you know, stack him with even Saquon and probably like Wandale Robinson is probably about as high as I would look to go. Because of the you know the the pass catchers here uh, outside of that you know they just traded Kadarius Tony today and they're missing pretty much everybody else and so Daniel Bellinger looked like he was coming on I highly doubt he plays after the eye injury he suffered um, and so there's not a lot there so it's it is kind of thin because there's not a lot to stack him with there and then if you were going to run it back I think it would pretty much just be Tyler Lockett is probably what I'd be looking at or I guess Kenneth Walker I guess you could do that as well um, a, a situation could go there and that's that's not. This is probably the other game that I would probably look at, but it only has a forty-four and a half points total. Not like great.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And and DFS doesn't have to be hard, right? Like last week, I mean, we had probably I mean Josh Allen wasn't on the main slate, right? Because they had a they had a buy. So who's the arguably the two best quarterbacks in the NFL are Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, and Pat Mahomes was coming in at two percent last week in a forty-nine total in a game they were favored. And the chiefs absolutely obliterated the 49ers and nobody played the chiefs at all. So like the, it doesn't have to be hard. Like we, we can still play, you know, good players in good spots in high total games where they're going to score points at low ownership. And that's, that's the recipe to success. And, and, you know, not everybody can play all of these spots that we just talked about. So it's just going to be a matter of figuring out which spots are going to be uh, the lower owned and, and just hoping that it, you know, it works out in, in your favor. So like, If Tua and Tyreek are, you know, that pairings the chalk, pivot to Mostert and Waddle and still get exposure to that game and just hope you get the differentiated points and play golf on the other side and hope that that game still shoots out and you're just, you just have a different path to how that, that scoring is, is happening. So, um, don't, you know, don't over, I think we don't have to overthink it. We don't have to get crazy and play quarterbacks from 39 point total games and, and things like that. We can still play these high total games even though there's only a couple of them. Uh just just be smart with with how you're building your your roster and uh be responsible with, you know, total total roster makeup.
1: Well, if there's any other quarterbacks, it sounds like there isn't. Um no. I Uh let's go ahead and move over to the running back position where uh we have a little bit more uh, excitement, I guess. Uh, a little more options uh that you can play there, but you have Christian McCaffrey 8700, Derek Henry in his uh, annual beatdown matchup against the Houston Texans of 8,400. I think his last three games, he has over 600 rushing yards and like five or six touchdowns. Uh, He's just absolutely destroyed them. So he's 8,400, but he's probably going to be heavily – he's going to be really uh, highly owned. Then you have Saquon against Seattle at $8,100. Jonathan Taylor at 8K. Dalvin Cook at 7,600. Josh Jacobs, who has just destroyed the world this year, at least the last three games. He's 7,500. Alvin Kamara is 7,100. DeAndre Swift, who should be back this week, at 6,800. Miles Sanders is 6,600. Kenneth Walker, uh, 6,500. Ramondre Stevenson, 64. David Montgomery, Damian Pierce, uh, Zeke, and Tony Pollard, James Conner, and Jamal Williams all make up the 6K range here and above. What are we doing at running back this-
2: Running back is extremely easy for me this week, but it's also kind of hard because there's there's like four or five, maybe five guys that I've limit that I've narrowed my list down to, but choosing which three, two to three of those I'm gonna play on my one team is is going to be the hard part. But narrowing down the list is extremely easy uh, for me this week. So there's, I'm and I'm gonna start from the bottom up because I'm not gonna play any of these these high price guys like in the 8K range. I just don't think you need to, uh, because I think that there's cheaper guys that can match them. Uh, so starting from the bottom up. The lowest I'm going to go will be uh, Deontay Foreman at 5,300. Uh, he gets a matchup with Atlanta. Atlanta just does not play defense, uh, especially ag- against the rush. Uh, they've been pretty much bad at defending everything uh, this year. But um, 29th in, in, in adjusted line yards, 22nd in second-level yards allowed, and we just saw Foreman uh, run for over 100 yards last week. And uh, Chuba, I, I haven't seen an update on him, but I know he's questionable. And obviously they traded McCaffrey. So Foreman legit could get 25 plus carries and see five targets here in this game. So uh, for 5,300, I just think that's ridiculously too cheap. Um, and we, you already mentioned uh, the Tony Pollard uh, news Zeke. It sounds like he's going to be doubtful for this game. If he hasn't been ruled out already. Uh, so Tony Pollard at 6,100 against a, a Chicago defense uh, that ranks 22nd in adjusted line yards, 17th in second level yards. That's a spot, you know, in, in Pollard's, lone start that he's had in, in all the way back in 2020. He only had 12 carries, but he scored two rushing touchdowns and saw nine targets. Uh, so he's going to be heavily involved. He's going to be on the field pretty much for every snap. And um, we've seen, you know, the talent that, that he has in the, the production he can have in a limited role. And now he finally gets a full blown, uh, workhorse role here, which he absolutely can handle. So, uh, I absolutely love pollard in this matchup nine and a half point favorite in a home game against chicago you have to like that a lot for him um outside of that you mentioned kenneth walker as a runback if you're stacking uh that game in seattle uh the giants are arguably the worst run defense in the nfl for a team not named houston uh the giants rank 31st in adjusted line yards 22nd or 27th in second level yards and 30th in open field yards so they're just giving up an insane amount of big plays. And part of that is because of the defensive style that they play, uh, where they play very aggressive. They blitz a lot and play a lot of man coverage uh, on passing down. So it, it just leads to uh, a lot of big plays that can happen when you don't have good defensive front guys that play uh, up there to stop the run. So I think Kenneth Walker has another monster game. He just ran for hundred, almost 170 yards last week, ripping off a 74-yard touchdown run uh with that game pretty much all but over there uh last week but i think it's another monster game for him uh in a game that's in seattle and they're three point favorites in a 44 and a half total and i think it's a 44 and a half total because both teams should be able to score but both teams are going to want to score on the ground so i think that's why we're not seeing a total that's closer to 48 49 uh for that game because there's going to be a lot of rush attempts on both sides so the clock's going to just continue to run but both teams should be heavily successful in being able to run the ball. So really like those three guys. And then the fourth guy and probably the highest price that I will play this week is $7,100 Alvin, uh, Camara. And that is, if we look at Camara in the three games so far with Andy Dalton, uh, here's his game logs, his, his DK points, 27 fantasy points, 18 and 17. Those are pretty good, right? Now let's factor in the fact that Camara has scored a total of zero touchdowns this year. For a guy that has, you know, historically made all of his money on scoring touchdowns. That is that is his, you know, that is his name, and what he does is, is he's a touchdown scoring machine, and he has not scored that this year. And with Andy Dalton at QB, uh Dalton continues to pepper him on short targets, which Jameis Winston refuses to do because Winston would rather throw the ball 35 yards downfield. Um so Camara has been scoring, you know, 20 plus DK points regularly, and he has a 27 point game with zero touchdowns. Now, if you throw a two two touchdown game on top of that, or even three, I mean that twenty-seven turns into 40 plus. And he's gonna be relatively low owned because you know uh he hasn't had that monster game yet, but the, it absolutely is there. The ceiling is there, and we talked about the same exact thing for Austin Eckler, what th- in week three, week four. I think it was week four. Eckler had zero touchdowns uh, through the first three weeks, and we said, you know, the Eckler game is coming. He's going to start smashing. And what it, what happened that week? Eckler scored three touchdowns in that in that game and got his first three touchdowns of the year. So I absolutely could see the same thing having, happening happening right here in this spot for for Camara. And seventy one hundred is I think a price tag that not, not hardly anybody's going to pay. And I think he has break the slate potential. I, I'm talking like forty to forty five DK points. I think he, he can catch, you know, seven, eight, nine passes and score three touchdowns here. So I really like him a lot. But the only thing that has me hesitant on playing him is those first three guys. Deontay Foreman, Tony Pollard and Kenneth Walker are all in just as good of spots and can score multiple touchdowns and go for 100 yards as well. And they're all they all just cost cheaper uh, price tags. So. Those are the four guys that I'm really, really keying in on, and that's not to knock Derrick Henry against Houston because he can smash them too. But I just, I mean, there's four guys that are 1K or more cheaper than him uh, that you know I think have just as high of ceilings. So that's where I'll be going is those four guys this week.
1: the The issue is is uh, that we've seen so far this year is uh, chalk just continues to hit um, every single week, right? Like fading, especially the, at the running back position. Yes, has uh, been uh, a grave mistake for the most part this year. Like, all the guys that just have been the most obvious plays just have hit. And they, they haven't uh, failed. And so, you know, like Derek Henry, like I mentioned, like he just absolutely annihilated the Houston Texans. And everything lines up for this to be a great matchup. The Houston Texans are terrible against opposing running backs. They allow the most uh, DK points to opposing running backs so far on the year. And uh, they've just been terrible. And so, you know, against opposing running backs, we know exactly what the, tit- the Titans are going to do uh, to them. They're just going to run the football, especially with Ryan Tannehill banged up and being questionable all week. And so Derrick Henry, at $8,400, like that's not crazy uh, to pay for him. Um, you know, uh, we've seen him at times in the past where he's been up over 9K. So $8,400 Derrick Henry against the Texans, or against the Texans, I don't think is something that's uh, – that is a good place to go. Saquon Barkley, $8,100. He's in a lean spot as well. The Seahawks are not very good against the run either. Uh, they allow the fourth most DK points on the season as well. And they have really, really struggled to stop, uh, you know, uh, pass catching running backs. They've allowed the second most uh, receiving yards to running backs on the season. Um, they are top five and receiving touchdowns allowed as well. So, uh, you know, the Seattle defense is not very good. And I think it's definitely a spot we could look to attack. With Seattle, so I mean, the, those are the two high-priced running backs that if I'm going to pay up for, those would be the two guys that I was going to pay up for. Um, I again, you know, Tony Pollard is an elite play. I, I know you mentioned him, Raheem Mostert. That's an elite play. It's uh, fifty nine hundred dollars. Yeah. I mentioned him story. in the quarterback
2: section. I didn't even I didn't even mention him in the running backs. I mean, that's that was that's the fifth guy that I'm looking at too.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're 29th in rush DVOA. They're 31st yeah. in pass DVOA, the Lions defense are. They allow the second most uh, DK points to running back, seventh most rushing yards, tied for the most rushing touchdowns on the year. Uh, we've seen Raheem Mostert over his last four games. He's averaging about 15 uh, fantasy points per game over that span. He has the ninth most rushing yards, uh, 13th in yards after contact per attempt. And since week four, he's averaging uh, about 16 carries per game, 79% snap share with about three and a half targets per game. Um, three and a half targets per game, 90 total yards per game over that span. So uh, he's pretty much been uh, the only guy in this offense uh, to get a really good opportunity. And so uh, Raheem Mostert, it's an, just, just an incredible spot for him. The only way I could see uh, this getting uh, where he doesn't really pay off would be if the Lions were able to uh, build up a quick and early lead and maybe they, they uh, are able to run the ball as much as they want. But that's about the only spot or only way
2: but even I then guess. he's he's their pass catcher and he's been involved heavily in their yeah, two about minute drill. Yards per game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like he's been their two minute drill back. Chase Edmonds looks absolutely terrible, especially like when he's out there running routes. Like I don't know if you watched the game last week. Um, because that was a primetime game, but um like Chase Edmonds is out there and he like he just looks lost and looks like he can't catch passes anymore for whatever reason. But uh Moser one hundred percent is the better back and and he's getting all of the important roles like the involved in the goal line and, and his touchdown last week was a receiving touchdown. So um he's even if I, I just think he's game script independent. Like he's going to be heavily involved no matter what, what happens there.
1: No, I, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Um I definitely don't, don't hate it. Um I also think Ramondre Stevenson at $6,400 uh, I think is uh, also uh, somewhere we could, we could look at this week as well. Um Even last week with uh Damian Harris returning, he's still, was the um was the workhorse in this backfield. Uh he, he he ran most of the routes over the last 4 weeks. Um he is sixth among all running backs in targets. He's also has the sixth most rushing yards. Uh he ranks 10th in yards after contact per attempt, 21st in avoided tackles per attempt. He's also ranks top 5 and uh carries inside the five over that same span. The Jets have been okay against the run. They're 14th in rushing VOA, but they have allowed the ninth most rushing touchdowns and the 18th most rushing yards on the year. So this is definitely a matchup that you could definitely see them exploit. Um, And so Ramondre Stevenson, especially in the fact that he's going to be involved in the passing game as well. uh, He's getting a lot of goal line work and I'm not really all that as concerned with Damian Harris. He's still only $6,400. It feels like he should be more expensive than that for the volume and the work that he's getting, especially like I said, in the the passing game, saw eight targets last week, but he's seen five or more targets in every, in every single game. You have to go way back to week two, the last uh, that for that before when he didn't. And so, he has scored at least 20 DK points in four of the last five games that he's played in. So I think this is a really good matchup for Ramondre Stevenson at only $6,400. I think he is going to be a nice leverage off of probably what's going to be Kenneth Walker, who's probably going to be, um, probably carry some, uh, some decent ownership. And then after that, I think DeAndre Swift is also pretty interesting in that same game that we're talking about with the Miami Dolphins. I don't know how many people are going to want to go to him. He continually... Has missed time uh, this year with an injury. He, everybody thought he was going to return last week. He didn't. Um, but he is. It uh, looks like he is ready to go. He is practicing in full so far every day this week. He's only played in three games this year. But we know the elite usage that he can bring. He's terrific in the passing game. He's really game script dependent. He's still $6,800. Again, I think this is an, uh, could be nice leverage off of like a Josh Jacobs at $7,500. That's a little bit more expensive. Or even an Alvin Kamara. And that's, that's really close to him as well. So I think DeAndre Swift against Miami, um, I think uh, you, you could look to go there as well. He's only $6,800. Whether you want to play him a part of a stack, or uh, I think I think that is a, a, a way you could go to at the running back position. In terms of like pay down options, there's just nobody that really stands out to me. Like maybe James Conner, who is probably going to play this week against Minnesota. Minnesota, you know, hasn't been that great. Cliff uh, Kingsbury... Uh, talked talks about earlier in this week about um, – it uh, talks about that he they, they think he should be ready to go this week. But uh, James Conner right now uh, looks like a decent option um, in this matchup. Uh, Minnesota Rex 21st in rush DVOA. They've allowed the 14th most rushing yards and the 10th most rushing touchdowns on the season. Um, I don't know how much of a pass-catching role he's going to have, which is what would worry me about actually playing him this week because of that. Um, because he well, – Pre injury, he was seeing about four targets per game, but with the emergence of you know Benjamin, he could end up losing some of that opportunity, uh, you know, and not really be involved there. But in terms of just like kind of a cheaper option that I think that could get there on the ground, and you know, he's obviously going to maintain the goal line work. Uh, He's only sixty one hundred dollars. I think if you wanted to go there, but that feels a little bit uh, uh, thin to me. But he's still, like I said, he's sixty one hundred dollars, going to carry no ownership whatsoever, and what should be a pretty decent matchup for him. Yeah, Other than that, I, I, I can't get to him at sixty one hundred, but I get it. Yeah, uh, it's like I said. I I just think the matchup is there for him, um, and I I just don't know what his uh, especially pass catching uh, you know usage is going to be. You know, um, mo- the most targets he's seen at any game this year was six. That was all the way back in week one. Other than that, it was six, four, five, three, and then one. And like I said, we've started to see you know Benjamin really emerge in that role. So, um. Yeah. Uh, is there any other running backs you really want to hit on? No, nah, I'm I'm good with my five. All right. So, well, uh, just just for since uh, you know we talked for a bit, who who are those five that you that you're looking to play again this week?
2: Kamara uh, is the highest I'm going. Then going down from there, Walker, Pollard, Mostert, Deontay Foreman.
1: All right, so the, the guys that I think I'm looking at the most this week is, like I said, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. Shocker. Um, you know, I'm really going out of a limb with those guys. But then, like I said, Ramondre Stevenson uh, for me. Tony Pollard for sure. Uh, and then Raheem Mostert would be uh, the other guy that I would be looking at at $5,900. So, I'm surprised uh, you go. don't
2: like Foreman at 53.
1: I don't know. I, it just feels like a little thin to me uh, with him. I know he played really well last week, but trusting... Uh, trusting what he did last week. And Atlanta actually hasn't been terrible against opposing running backs uh, so far this year. Um,
2: I probably won't end end up there myself just because I don't want to play a running back on a team that's the Carolina Panthers. (laughs) Like, I mean, how many touchdowns are they going to score, right? I mean, Atlanta's bad for sure. But, I mean, Carolina scores maybe three touchdowns max on a good day. And, I mean, hoping that, you know, the running back gets two of those. I don't know. Just, it, I agree. It feels a little thin, but 5,300 is definitely cheap on a slate where there's some high-priced wide receivers that we're getting ready to talk about uh, that we definitely want exposure to. But uh, I definitely think the other four guys that I, that I mentioned, Mostert, Pollard, Walker, and Kamara, definitely definitely have higher ceilings than than Foreman. So those are, I'll probably end up with two or three of those four.
1: Let me ask you this. Um, I doubt we see it now. I think if it does happen, it's probably going to happen Monday or Tuesday. But if Alvin Kamara were to get traded, uh, because there's a lot of speculation going on right now that Alvin Kamara can be traded, and since we're not going to be around to talk about it, if that were to happen, would you consider $4,800 uh, Mark Ingram? No. So you would just be complete, completely off of it? Yep. Because I think he would actually be uh, somewhat of an interesting option because they don't really have anybody else, and I think he would be the, the lead back here. They don't.
2: I mean, I'm just, I'm not playing a dusty ass Mark Ingram when I've got <laughs> those other guys we talked about. I mean, I'd rather, I mean, like I've got five guys I like, and that's excluding Derrick Henry against the Houston Texans. And that's excluding Saquon Barkley against Seattle. Like, I just, I just don't think it's a week. We've got five, six, seven guys that can absolutely break the slate. I don't, I just don't think it's a week to, to play $4,800 Mark Ingram. And, and like I know you have to play, I know you have to get cheaper guys because you have to fill stay under the salary cap. But I just think I'd rather take shots on cheaper wide receivers or even a near men price tight
1: end that we'll talk about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I I probably agree with you. I probably wouldn't do it either. I was just I was just curious because I know. Even this you could know, be.
2: I mean, didn't didn't CMC absolutely smash the game before he got traded? Like they just kept giving him carries and dump offs, like. Could this just be a,
1: a Camara showcase game? Uh he scored twenty uh CMC scored twenty-two point eight the week before he got traded. So it wasn't bad. He had thirteen carries. He was also eight targets.
2: Yeah. So 21 opportunities. But yeah, yeah. I mean if, if the Saints are looking to trade Camara, this I mean, well, one, they don't want him to get hurt, but two, I mean, the flip side of that is it, it could be a showcase game where, you know, give him some touchdowns and make it maybe that Fourth rounder turns into a third rounder or something.
1: I will say, too, something that should be mentioned uh, for that Raiders game that could go under the radar is... Oh, uh, Hankin's getting traded. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. I, I that
2: completely was, forgot to mention that, but yeah. that was one of the first things that got me on Kamara.
1: Yeah, and he is uh, the Raiders' highest grade. He's been the, the Raiders' uh, best run defender uh, this mm-hmm. entire year. So losing him could also uh, be... Uh, That's pretty, pretty big, near really
2: yeah. big near the goal line. Really big near the goal line. So uh, I'm playing Kamara for his pass catching role, not near the goal line. And then I'm playing him for two to three touchdown upside when they get down there.
0: Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
1: Okay, let's go ahead and go over to the wide receiver. Um, so we have Cooper Cup at ninety six hundred dollars, Justin Jefferson at ninety one, Devontae Adams at eighty six hundred, Tyreek at eighty five, AJ Brown at seventy seven hundred, and then Devo Samuel, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Pittman, and C.D. Lamb are wrap up the seven k range, six k range. We have Amon Brown at sixty nine hundred, then Jalen Waddle, uh, um, Tyler Lockett, uh, Devonta Smith, Adam Thielen, Brandon Ayuk. Chris Olave, which is incredibly too cheap for that price. And then Terry McLaurin uh wrap up the 6K at above. Um also, you know, we, we talked about I highly doubt. I know he's listed as this question right now, but I highly, highly, highly doubt DK Metcalf plays this week, which would leave Tyler Lockett at 6500 dollars as kind of the guy. Um, anyways, uh, what are you doing at wide receiver this week?
2: Um, so I I like receiver a lot uh this week. I just think Whichever game I end up stacking is probably where my high price receiver is going to come from, uh, because the when there's definitely going to be some slate-breaking receivers up top. Um, whether it's Jeff, Justin Jefferson against Arizona, which Arizona has actually quietly defended the the opposing wide receiver ones very, very, very well this year. Uh, like until until the the Saints game last week, they have absolutely shut down opposing wide receiver ones. Like we're talking Cooper Cup went for like let me let me pull up Cooper Cup's game log because he's on this slate. So in week in week three, Cooper Cup had six targets and he caught four passes for forty four yards. Like, we're, we're talking about Cooper Cup here. So Justin Jefferson in ninety one hundred, I probably won't get there even even if I stack that game, because I just think he doesn't have as big of a ceiling. Um, I'd like my Minnesota guy will probably end up being Irv Smith if I play if I stack that game, just because tight ends against Arizona is a thing, and we saw Juwan Johnson catch two touchdowns on. Uh, last week on on primetime, so um, I'm probably going to not end up with any cup or any Jefferson. Devontae Adams missed practice today, uh, with with a bad case of the flu, so it's up in the air if he's even going to play this week. I would assume he's he's fine, but um, he and he does that obviously doesn't need to practice, but definitely keep an eye on him. But it's really really hard not to like Tyreek as the top option this week. Uh, he's been absolutely smashing this year. He's getting a an insane amount of targets, 13, 15, 7, 14, 4, 13, and 12. And he absolutely crushes with two. And two just co- continues to look for him over and over and over again. And we know the Lions can't defend anybody, especially speed, uh speed guys like Tyreek. So I think Tyreek has a monster game. Um, he's somebody I'm definitely looking to play. DeAndre Hopkins, we already mentioned that you know they moved him to the slot and he played a ton of slot for the most slot he's ever played as a as a Cardinal uh last week in his return uh, to the lineup. So score 23. We talk, we always talk about, you know, how many, how many DK points did they score without scoring a touchdown? Because when you get that two touchdown game, you know, that, t- and we can't really predict the two touchdowns games, but when you get them, they send you from Deandre Hopkins scoring 23 points to scoring 35 points and breaking the slate. So him scoring 23 with no touchdowns is very, very, very encouraging. i uh, had double digit targets and 7,400, is a, absolutely a price tag we can swallow. We know Kyler Murray is going to continue to look for him over and over again. Uh, so I really like uh, Hopkins and, and Tyreek if paying up all the way at the top. I mentioned Jalen Waddle already. I think he's a great – if you're not playing two. I think he's a great pivot off Tyreek if you can't afford Tyreek uh, because I think one or both of those guys could absolutely smash uh, Detroit here. And Amon ross St. Brown on the other side of that game, he <laughs> they they ruled him out for a concussion last week and then come out and say he didn't even have a concussion. Uh, which you know kind of makes you think back to Tua when they said oh Tua just had a back injury or whatever, but um, I, I thought that was kind of kind of crazy that you know he got ruled out really early in that Dallas game last week and ended up not even having a concussion, so he should be a full go. I know he's got a Q tag uh, on him, but uh, he should be a full go. Um, you mentioned uh, the DK Metcalf news. If he doesn't play. I kind of like Marquise Goodwin. Uh, he's he's relatively cheap for a slate that, that you need value on. He scored two touchdowns last week, so it does feel a little bit chasing, uh, especially in a game where they should be able to just run the ball over and over again, so they may not need to throw a, a ton um, in that game. So definitely think that Seattle is a situation we need to monitor. Uh, moving down the list, Devontae Smith at 6,300 against a Pittsburgh defense that can't defend the pass at all. He's interesting. I didn't even mention AJ Brown, but both Devontae Smith and AJ Brown are absolutely in play here. I just think if I'm not playing Jalen Hurts, paying up for AJ Brown just doesn't make sense to me uh, on this slate when you've got Tyreek Hill and Amon Ra and Jalen Waddle up there in those same same price tags. Uh, so moving down further, you already mentioned it, Chris Olave, six K. That is just way too cheap for the role that he's got and uh, Las Vegas can definitely give up a ton of production to wide receivers. And I mean, is Alave even like, is he matchup proof at this point? Cause we, I just mentioned how Arizona has been shutting down opposing wide receiver ones and Alave turned 14 targets into seven catches for 106 yards and scored 21 DK points against Arizona without catching any touchdowns. So uh, if Alave finds the end zone, he's got a game of 26 and a game of 20 without, without scoring a touchdown already this year. Um, so you know, we could see him in the 20, 26 to thirty point range at only six K if he scores, which is very possible in one of the highest total games of the week. Uh so I really like him a lot. Then moving down the list even further uh into the 5k to 4K range. Uh DJ Chark's been placed on IR. So I really like uh Josh Reynolds, even though he has a Q tag. Uh he's he's practicing in limited capacity. Uh, he's questionable, but he's a guy that Jared Golf really trusts. Uh, and should be the number two behind Amon Ra. And with them getting DeAndre Swift back as well, that offense should just be more efficient as a whole. Uh, and I, th- I just think the Lions can score a bunch of points here against Miami, uh, which Miami is has been a, a team that you can throw on but can't really run on. So they're more of a pass-funnel defense, and and Reynolds makes some sense for stacking that game up and is one of the cheaper pieces of that game, even though he's you know still 5K. Uh, so he's very interesting. And then moving down further, I mentioned Goodwin. He's 4,400. He's a guy I have interest in. Oh, and Wandale Robinson. I know you brought him up. 4,700 for a guy that should see double-digit targets here. I finally saw a bigger workload last week. Saw eight targets, turned six of them into into 50 yards. He's got 13 and 11 DK points in back-to-back games uh, and and has played in limited capacity, but should continue to see his snaps go up. So I really like him. Uh, and then if Nico Collins is out, Philip Dorsett is somebody that's interesting at near price. I'm not sure I'm going to get there. He's 3,200. Uh, but that Nico Collins role has been rather interesting. And we saw Dorsett essentially just stepped right into it uh, and filled in for him and caught a, caught a touchdown last week. He had a couple catches for over 40 yards and a score. So 3,200 for a guy that's playing in a game where Houston should be trailing uh, against tennessee which tennessee is we know is a is a, a defense you can you can definitely throw on uh, i definitely don't hate that for 3200 but that's not somebody that i'm just like you know just jamming in and saying oh he's the best value play of the slate because he's not um i just think he's he's rather interesting so curious to hear your thoughts and if you have any other cheap wide receivers that you like
1: you know i think there's uh, a a few guys you know actually Nico Collins himself would have been interesting, but I don't think he's going to play. He hasn't practiced at all this week. Um, so I, I don't think that he is actually, he will play. I think somebody like a, a Taequann Thornton could actually be um, kind of a, an interesting uh, name to, to take a look at uh, this week um, at his price uh, right now. Um, uh, he is $3,800 against the Jets. Uh, you know he saw five targets last game. He's he's seen five or five or more targets each of the last two weeks. Um, obviously, last week wasn't that great, but that Patriots offense, outside of like two drives, uh, did not look very good whatsoever. But he did see twenty one point three DK points. They you know gave him a couple uh, carries and all that kind of stuff. But I think they they, and they seem to look for him, especially once they get down inside the the red zone. Um, he is a super dynamic guy. So you know if you want to get a little uh, you know play him at thirty eight hundred dollars. I think we could definitely, you could look at something like that. Um, in terms of the, you know, just kind of overall picture here, Devontae Adams is going to be really hard not to play at $8,600 uh, against this Saints secondary that is absolutely uh, beat up right now. Marshawn Lattimore doesn't look like he's going to play. That is a big problem for the secondary. Devontae Adams could absolutely go nuclear here in this game against uh, – um against the saints uh obviously inside the dome here but he's 8600 so i think uh you know you're gonna have to uh, make a decision here on you know because you're not gonna be able to pay up for everybody uh you, you also have cooper cup which you know you don't even need to sell you on cooper cup but one thing i will say is the san francisco secondary is, is beat up they are missing a lot of pieces and on this defense right now this is not the same defense we just saw the chiefs just absolutely go scorched earth against them and just I mean, beat the hell out of him uh, and really kind of do whatever they wanted to do. They had three wide receivers, almost have over a hundred yards in that game. And so, you know, it's you know, even though he's really expensive, and you know, you are going to have to make some concessions everywhere, somewhere else to be able to play Cooper Cup. But he's ninety six hundred dollars, you know, at home uh, here. Uh, you know, both both of those two guys, I think, are guys that uh, I, and Cooper Cup's ownership is not going to be anything crazy when he's ninety six hundred dollars. It's going to no. be low because people are going to want to do other things and and go other places here. And, and so,
2: and something that's big for that offense too is if Van Jefferson comes back. I mean, his his he's set, they said he's set to return. He's still got an IR tag next to his name, so I don't know if they've actually activated him. I think his his IR window is open and he can come back this week. Um, but I don't know that he's actually going to come back. And if even if he does come back, he's going to play limited snaps. So he, like he's he's min price. He's three K. I'm not playing him, but the fact that if he does come back i just think that his what he brings to the offense can really open that offense up cuz that's what they're missing right is a downfield field stretcher that has speed and can take the top off cuz i mean you allen robinson he he doesn't really have that anymore he's become more of a you know possession receiver uh cuff obviously can can do everything but he's been a key focus of every defense they've ever played and he still crushes them so I just think if Van Jefferson comes back, I know they've had offensive line issues, but I think miss, missing Van for the first eight weeks uh, has really been a, a big knock to them. So uh, he will be he will be a big uh, big piece to that offense when when he returns. I think as just from the, the offensive perspective as a whole.
1: Yeah, I should open things up a little bit more for that offense instead of Ben Scournick. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, as, as the other wide receiver there. Yep. Um, also again, AJ Brown, I know, uh, again, not breaking any new news, but this is a, uh, smash matchup for him. I don't care who he's going to see, whether it's Levi Wallace, Arthur Ballett, you know, none, you know, James Pierre, like, it does not matter. Uh, n- nobody in that secondary is anybody that I'm all that concerned with. So AJ Brown is also an elite spot. He's, he's probably a little bit too cheap, uh, at 7,700, so if you're going to pay up, I'm going to be looking at probably Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, or A.J. Brown. I completely agree. I think Jalen Waddle has just as high of ceiling as Tyree Kill does. Uh, he's cheaper. He's only $6,700. You know, he um, you know doesn't necessarily see the same, you know, at least high-volume number of targets uh, compared to uh, uh, Tyree Kill, who sees 13, 15, 7, 14 uh, over, over his last four games. Compare that to Jalen Waddle, who – um, only has one game over over really six targets five ten four and five um over that span but we know he has that uh that ability in him to just go absolutely nuclear uh so um i definitely agree that i think you know getting a little bit different and playing him instead of tyree Hill can be just enough to make your lineup a little bit different like you don't have to go crazy and when you're building your lineups um uh, you know with just trying to pay all these play all these guys that are like you know, sub 10% or something like that. Like you can play some guys that are going to be 30 or even 40% rostered, just making a couple of concessions here and there can make your lineup different and really set you apart to be able to get to the top. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, as we're trying to do, I think sometimes we get caught and trying to be too cute and like trying mm-hmm. to play all these, all these guys that are going to be, you know, unowned. And then you end up, you know, just getting rolled because you know, it's fine to play chalk. It's just, you just got to, you know, find a couple of different spots where, you know, pivot to a different spot to, uh, to get leverage on uh, you know on the field and you know that's enough to be able to get you to the top of a tournament and yeah. so
2: what a, just a, just a piggyback on that really quick and then you know i'll let you keep rolling but what i've something i've tried to force myself to do is to think about you know how many how many total touchdowns can this team score this week like this guy i want to play like can this team score three or four touchdowns because then that that eliminates me having to be perfect at predicting that team right so like let's say a team scores one or two touchdowns and you play a guy from that game, pretty much every guy you have needs to score. So like if a team only scores one touchdown, then your guy has to be the guy that gets in the end zone. Right. But if, if you're getting exposure to these, you know, there's usually a handful of teams at least that are scoring three or four touchdowns on any given slate. As long as your guys are coming from those specific teams uh, you know, generally that's where the, the good value plays come from because the value plays tend to smash in those game environments that tend to smash so playing the the 3400 guy that's in a 38 total is usually not the way to go and and something i've been trying to force myself to get off of um even though you know maybe somebody's grading out okay because he's get, getting decent volume but i mean if a team's not scoring the production is not going to be there for anybody let alone the guy that you played so uh i think you make a you make a really good point as you know it all circles back to you know playing good players on good teams that are going to score points and just being different with how you're doing that. DFS doesn't have to be hard; you just have to be different.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I can't tell how many times you know that you, know, you try to get a little cute and like, for yep. example, Derrick Henry. I, I I very rarely see to ever play Derrick Henry, and then when he smashes, it's like okay, hat yep. tip. All right, this week's over, you know. Yep. And like again, he's kind of in that spot again this week against Houston, where you know that this could go, uh, you know, not. Uh, well and if you're fading him then uh you just be prepared if you're going to fade him and he goes off that your day is going to be done and uh unless somebody else unless there's a couple other running backs that put up the same type of production that he can because i mean he's a guy that can put up 40 you know he can go out mm-hmm. and rush for 200 yards and three scores in this game uh, uh against the texans so uh just you know make, make, make a stand here um other than that you know i think Brandon iuke is a little bit interesting he's seen 22 targets over those last two games um you know, uh, I think that I don't know. It might be a little bit thin. He's only six k. He's cheaper than Debo Samuel, and he kind of looks like he's more of the um, the wide receiver one in this offense. Um, Debo might
2: not play too.
1: Right, he, uh, Debo uh, Samuel is questionable. He he hasn't practiced. Um, he didn't practice today. We'll see what he's able to do tomorrow. But if if he can't, um, you know that's. Uh, Makes him a very very sharp play because you don't really have a whole lot else past them. Um, you know, do you like, do, Ju-
2: you Juan, like Ju- do you like Juwan Jennings? Uh, I know you were mentioning him, but do you yeah. like him? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I mean, I think what what is he? Uh, no, I, I know three something. something. Yeah, thirty three hundred dollars. $3. Yeah. But he, uh, so but Juwan Jennings also didn't practice today.
2: Of course he didn't. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, he's hamstring too. They're both hamstring. Debo's also hamstring. I mean, because the Rams haven't really played great pass defense this year. I mean, they've they they've defended the tight end position well, but I mean, the receivers have absolutely crushed them throughout the whole year. So, I mean, I definitely so would, think Ayuk is definitely in play, if especially if even if Debo plays.
1: Oh, for sure. you um, be looking at so you'd be looking at Danny Gray, who's three uh, K. And Ray-Ray McLeod would be the other two wide receivers they have. Jeez. So it could be really setting up to be able to play a lot of uh Brand Iuke, who's only 6K. And then you would also have George Kittle uh, at $5,700. That would be uh, in play as well, who's going to get a bump in targets as well.
2: Yeah. At a tight end position that has nobody to play this week. No, you're good. I mean, I, that's definitely a situation. Danny Gray.
1: So Danny Gray would be interesting because uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's, he was their third round pick out of SMU this year, six foot one, uh, almost 200 pounds. He ran a four, three, three, uh, 40. Uh, he was kind of a guy over the off season, especially like uh, preseason that a lot of people were kind of hyping up as kind of being a sleeper option. Um, but if both of those guys were to be out, I mean, he hasn't really seen much work this year. He's only seen six targets all year. Uh, no catches, no receptions. So he really hasn't done anything, but super explosive guy has a, a 93rd percentile speed score um here and like I said if you know if they were to miss he's only 3k uh they're gonna have to throw the ball to somebody um I guess obviously they have christian McCaffrey there now too so they could use him uh, utilizing that role as well but Danny gray could kind of be an interesting option here you know at uh at 3k
2: so we've got i'm pulling up the'm pulling up last year's game logs There was one game that Debo missed last year. They lost 30-23 to to Seattle. Jimmy G threw the ball 30 times. They ran it 22 times. Uh, Mitchell had three targets. Kittle had 12 targets, nine catches, 181 yards, and two scores in the game Debo missed last year. Uh, Outside of that, Ayuk had six targets, three catches, 55 yards, no touchdowns. And Sherfield had five targets, two catches for 16 yards. Joan Jennings had one target, one catch, eight yards. So they really just said this is going to be a George Kittle game. Now, granted, it was against Seattle, so that's that is a tight end, you know, heavy spot where you want to target tight ends against that defensive scheme. But I mean, last year when Debo missed the game, that's the only game we have of Debo missing a game last year. Uh George Kittle had 12 targets, and the next highest was Ayuke was six. So I think it's a definitely a spot where you just pick one of the guys. Like I wouldn't play both Ayuk and Jennings or Kittle and Jennings or Ayuk and Kittle. I would just pick one and hope that you know that's the guy that that they're going to utilize. Um, the only the only knock against Kittle is the Rams rank really good against tight ends this year. So
1: yeah, but I mean I kind of feel like he's sort of matchup proof too. He is
2: um, when he gets when he gets volume. He absolutely is. Yeah, I mean. What's he done? I'm just curious what he did against the Rams in the past. Uh, last year, seven targets, five catches, fifty yards and a score. Seven targets, five catches, ten yards and no scores. So they, I mean, fourteen targets in two games against them.
1: Um. So before we jump over to the tight end position, let's. I just want to hit on a few, a couple more guys, and then we can uh, move over uh, and keep this thing moving here. Um. Kind of got off track a little bit. But I do think Wandale Robinson, who's $4,700, he is definitely in play. Like I said, they lost Kadarius Tony. They traded him away. It, I don't know. Maybe Kenny Galladay plays. Maybe he doesn't. Who really cares? Because uh, he's terrible. But um, Darius Slayton, I also think uh, in that same offense, both of those guys are sub-5K. Um, I think have some appeal here, especially if they were to get a behind it all and they have to throw the ball a little bit more. But both of those guys, we saw Darius Slayton, uh, he's had six or more targets in two of the last two of the last three games, where he has scored thirteen point nine and fourteen point eight DK points. And then Wandel Robinson is a guy that they just seem to try to get the ball in his hands. He now looks like the kind of locked in wide receiver one here for this team. He saw eight targets last week against Jacksonville. So I think both of those guys who are sub five K uh, are two spots that I think that I'm uh, that I really like. I think both of them are in play here. Um, I wanted to say Paris Campbell, who saw who's been seeing a ridiculous amount of targets, but I just don't know what the hell to expect now with, with Sam Allinger out there. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to change who he targets. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I don't, I'm not going to be chasing that at $4,500. I was going to have some interest before that, but now I just don't think. I'm really not playing do.
2: any Colts this week.
1: You know, I, the, the one case I think you could make for is Michael Pittman. Um, because, I mean, Washington, listen, we want to attack Washington through the air. Washington's run defense is really good. Their pass defense is terrible. Their pass defense has been completely suspect this year. They are in the bottom half of pass DVOA. They're in the bottom half of fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers this year. And what we typically see with young quarterbacks is they, they will just feed one target, right? They will... Just lock on to that one guy, and who's that one guy for this team? It's probably Michael Pittman, right? He's seventy two hundred dollars. I think a lot of people are going to feel the same way. He's right around a lot of these other these other pass catchers here. Um, he may be viewed as being priced up, but I mean, it's possible he could see fifteen targets in this game, especially if they were to fall behind. At all. I know they're kind of favorite here in this game, and you're probably right. This is two teams that are probably going to try to run the ball and kind of play slow paced uh, uh, slow paced game. But if he makes a couple of mistakes, he turns the ball over a couple of times here early on in this game. And you know he's forced to you know open up this offense the want to throw the ball. Michael Pittman could see a massive amount of targets here. There's not a lot else. I mean, obviously Alec Pierce, but then Paris Campbell. But those aren't guys that you're that they're going to be target hogs like Michael Pittman can. So you know if you wanted to go with somebody like that, Michael Pittman at $7,200, I think uh, could be a spot that he's going to be uh, probably virtually unknown. I don't think anybody's going to want to play him uh, with the situation that you have going on here with this offense. But uh, I think you could do that. And then, you know, you mentioned it, but Chris Olave uh, is 1,000% played. He's just incredibly too cheap. I mean,
2: he's – at what point – I saw somebody tweet this. I can't remember who it was earlier today, but at what point do we start lumping him into the Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase rookie year crowd?
1: He already like, is. He's like he's – like He has to be, right? He's like 50 or 60 receiving yards behind Jamar Chase of where he was at his rookie year. Right
2: yeah, now. and so, like, it, just think about would you play Jamar Chase at 6K and would you play Justin Jefferson at 6K? Like, that's – I know it's it's tough to think about a rookie at six k, right? But I mean, that's just that's just what he is and what his role is and
1: his upside. It's like it just six k just feels too cheap for him. And really, the only thing that's really uh, that's kind of not I don't want to say held him back, but that's 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 limited his ceiling a little bit has just been touchdowns because he does have two and he has scored two in the last three weeks. But week four and week five, he did miss a week, but. Like, that's, that's really been the only thing, because I mean, he's seeing an incredible amount of targets. And we're talking about, looks like Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, looks like both those guys are going to be missing once again. And so it really kind of it's, it becomes pretty thin, and he's going to see a ton of targets. And so he saw 14 last week against Arizona. But we've seen now, uh, you know, three games, three of his last five games, he's seen double-digit targets, and this looks like another game where that could definitely happen. So it's hard not to love, uh, at, at the, even if he's going to be chalky at 6K, it's really hard to get away from that. And so, you know, uh, you know, like I said, I, I do think somebody like Brandon Ayuk is in play. I already talked about that, uh, but Crystal Lobby is going to be so hard to get away from because it's such an elite spot, and he's so mispriced of, of where he should be.
0: Swimsuit check, sunscreen check, phone charger check.
2: Yeah, I I don't even hate the idea of playing Olave and and Camara together and just getting all the Saints points, assuming Taysom Hill doesn't keep scoring all the touchdowns. Because uh, that's I think the, the touchdowns are going to flip to these other guys eventually, right? It's it's good. It's just it's inevitable to happen. Um,
1: so just play uh, Andy Dalton, uh, Camara and uh, Chris Olave run it back with Devonte Adams.
2: You could absolutely, or you don't even need to play Dalton. You can just play Adams with with Kamara and, and Alave, and then play, you know, run like a cheap line stack, like run Golf with Josh Reynolds and a Amon Ra, and then run it, run it back on the other side with Gasicki or something cheap or Mostert. Like that's that doesn't really break the bank, and that's a seems like a team that you you could maybe be able to fit. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that you could definitely get exposure to the the expensive guys in in. The Vegas Saints game, and then get your cheap stack, like stack up another game for cheap, uh, which would probably end up being Miami-Detroit because they're that's probably the cheapest of the of the between Minnesota and Arizona. Minnesota, if you're stacking Minnesota and Arizona, you have to spend up for those guys because that's other outside of Irv Smith. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is really the only Cardinal you want to play. Uh, him and Kyler Murray, because Kyler Murray can account for all the rushing production himself. Um and all the the stuff through the air should go to Hopkins, uh, and then on the other side, if if Jefferson has a has, is limited at all, um, like I said, we'll talk. I mean, we can we can even jump to tight end now unless you have other wide receivers. But
1: let's no uh only other p- player that I wanted to mention or other two that really quickly they were kind of in that same exact range as we were just talking about. But Terry McLaurin, uh, he's clearly t- Taylor Heineke's favorite target. Uh, he saw eight targets last week, seventy three yards and a score. Um, again, not a terrible matchup against Indianapolis again, not a great game. It's, it's not a great game to target here, but Terry McLaurin's only 6k. I think he can easily, um, get past that. And then from there, um, then, uh, DJ Moore, I want to talk about him. He's $5,300 against Atlanta. Really good matchup here for him as well. He saw 10 targets last week. Um, you know, there's nobody else there for them to throw the ball to now. I mean, they've shipped out Robbie Anderson. Uh, they've shipped, you know, obviously Christian McCaffrey's gone. So targets have to go somewhere. And DJ Moore uh, just could see a just a ridiculous target share every single week because of that, and he's only fifty three hundred dollars. We know he is a very you know he's he's at a you know in the conversation of, you know, of being a, you know, kind of an elite option uh at, uh, you know, in terms of just stacking up against other wide receivers, obviously the quarterback and everything else situations is, is completely different, but DJ Moore is, is a much better player than a $5,300 uh, wide receiver should be. And so I also think him in, in this matchup against Atlanta, um, especially, you know, inside the dome here, I think uh, is a spot you could also go to, you know, I'm not looking to stack him or anything like that. Just playing him by himself really do like that. Um as well. So I think that would be the other option that I think you could look at outside of maybe playing guys in stacks, like you know, if you want to play Allen Robinson and a Matt Stafford stack or whatever. Uh but those would be kind of the guys. So I know we've talked about a ton of wide receivers here. So we can kind of narrow it down again, like we always talk about who are the five wide receivers that you want to that, that you are having the most interest in.
2: Uh Tyreek, Hopkins, Amon Ra. Olave and for value I'll say Wandale and then my I'll throw in a bonus Six Guy if you don't if you're not playing Tyreek play Waddle. I think one of those two guys I just I don't know, I just think I probably will not would not make a team this week without one of those two. I just don't see I don't see Miami failing here and those two guys are literally 60% of the passing offense.
1: Yeah. Okay. So for me, it's Devonte Adams. I already talked about. It. I mean, I think it's a lead spot, especially with no Marshawn Lattimore, eighty six hundred dollars. AJ Brown, um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, Jalen Waddle would be number three for me. I think he uh, makes a ton of sense, and he is not going to carry the ownership that he probably should. And then Brandon Ayuk already talked about him. Chris Olave. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I think DJ Moore would be the other guy that I really kind of like here at a cheaper range. If you want to get super cheap, I totally agree with you. I, I already talked about Wandale and I think Darius Slayton are two spots we could we could look to. And then, you know what? If you want to get a little bit crazy this week, I think Danny Gray could could make some sense if uh, if both of those guys are out. If Debo Samuel were to miss and Juwan Jennings, I think Danny Gray could be an option that you could look at. But I don't know, maybe it's a little bit too thin. But he's like three K, so it'd be a full punt. Um, anyways. Let's go ahead and jump over to the tight end position here so we can get this thing wrapped up. Uh, George Kittle's $5,700. Darren Waller sounds like he could actually return. He, uh, he was another limited participant this week. Zach Ertz is $5,100. Dar- Dallas Goddard, 5 k TJ Hawkinson, Tyler Higbee, and Kyle Pitts, the Enigma, uh, wraps up the 4 k range. So um, who are we playing at tight end this week? I think for me, I will say this. Uh, Irv Smith is definitely in play at $3,500. Completely agree there. Great spot. Mm-hmm. Great matchup here uh, for Irv Smith. And he, he's kind of starting to, uh, you know, get get a little bit more involved in this offense uh, as of recently. And so I do think, uh, you know, we can be swerving with Irv as Debro would say. Um, you know, if those other guys are gone, George Kittle at $5,700, uh, I think I think is definitely a spot you could look at. Um, you know, uh, who... And so... You said there was a mid-price guy that you really wanted to play. Who, who are you speaking of?
2: Yeah. So you mentioned um, you mentioned that Bellinger is going to be out with a he's got to get eye surgery. So they said he's out indefinitely. So this Chris Mayarik guy, who's twenty eight hundred, he's already caught one touchdown this year, and it was a one yard touchdown. So he's definitely somebody that they have packages for near the goal line. Um, and now he should step into the, the tight end one role. He's been the guy that's been playing all the snaps and running more routes than, than a preseason legend, Tanner Hudson. But, um, he's the guy that I would play. And and last week, it seems like he stepped into the the role after Bellinger got hurt because he had two catches on two targets for, for 21 yards. And it's, I don't think that he's going to absolutely smash. And the only reason I want to play him or not necessarily want to play him, but will play him. Uh, Is because I just think tight end is absolutely disgusting on a weekly basis, but especially this week when we don't have any of the top guys, both Andrews and Kelsey are not on the slate. Um, George Kittle's at 5,700. He's absolutely in play if Debo misses. It's just the Rams have locked down tight ends uh, all year long. Um, And I think his ceiling could be something, uh, you know, that could just be tempered because of that. Um, and so outside of, you know, but he's definitely in play. I mean, he's got the highest ce- ceiling of any tight end on the slate. you like, you have to consider him, uh, but 5,700 on a slate where there's no value, uh, and tight ends has been a gross position all year. So if you get, you know, 10 points from a guy that's, uh, you know, near men price, I mean, you're, you're chilling. So, uh, I think the, the giants guys, whichever one, you know, if, if they come out and say Hudson's going to be the pass 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 catcher, uh, then I would have interest in him. And he's even cheaper, but I think it seems like Majoric is going to be the guy that's, that gets the first crack at being this main tight end. And um, Bellinger, I mean, he, he's had some a couple of games where he put up ten plus DK points. So um, you know, the tight end position hasn't been heavily utilized for for the Giants, but we've said it all year long: attack Seattle with tight ends. Uh, Seattle and, and Arizona are the two defenses that you just play tight ends against. So I absolutely could see one of these Giants guys catching a touchdown. And so you know, even if he only catches you know, three three passes for thirty yards and gets a score, I mean, you're looking at twelve DK points for twenty eight hundred. So, on a slate with no value, that's absolutely not going to kill you at all. So Kittle and Mayoric, and then you mentioned Irv Smith. He's the third guy that I have interest in. Thirty five hundred is only seven hundred more than the Giants guy. So if you can if you can make that seven hundred dollars work elsewhere, I absolutely would prefer Irv Smith over the the Giants tight ends. But if you are desperate for that seven hundred dollar salary, uh, the Giants. Uh, tight end is, is, you know, who I would go bottom of the barrel uh, fishing for. But, yeah, Herb Smith, 30, it's really, really hard not to like him at 3,500 after watching Juwan Johnson catch two touchdowns <laughs> against his defense last week.
1: Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Um, I also, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned earlier, uh, Mike Gasicki has, has seen 14 targets over his last two games. Yep. Uh, it's a really good matchup for him.
2: Uh, if you're stacking that game, I absolutely would play Gasicki.
1: Yeah, I mean we, we we are we already know uh, how you know this this Detroit defense uh, is dreadful. Um, uh, so I do think you go there. It does worry me a little bit sometimes because before the you know really before maybe uh, you know they, they finally figured out that maybe he's not a blocking tight end um, and that you should just use him as a move tight end and uh, you know move him around the the formation instead of trying to you know make him something he's not. But he's only thirty eight hundred dollars in a great matchup, uh, so he's certainly. Um, I think in play, and then TJ Hawkinson has a really good matchup as well. Forty nine hundred dollars if you're not wanting to play Almiron St. Brown. If you want to stack this game up, TJ Hawkinson, uh, he was limited today, but um, Miami allows the sixth uh, most DK points to the position right now, and so um, I, I think you know that is definitely a spot you go to if you're wanting to stack this game up. Uh, those would be the kind of the, the other two options there. Zach Ertz, uh, I guess you could maybe look at, but I mean. From the usage he was seeing, he saw a pretty big drop last week. Uh, you know, He had 20 targets uh, between week five and six, and then he dropped all the way down to four. Now, I don't know if that's just a one-week deal, but uh, Minnesota has struggled against tight ends as well uh, this season. And so really, um, I think you could go there, but if I'm going to pay $5,100, I would probably just find the other $600 and play, play George Kittle and, and instead of playing Zach Ertz there in that spot. Um, other than that, you know, there's a lot of short, you know, or, um, kind of thin type options like a Cole Komet or, you know, guys like that. Um, even like a Patty Fry who's, who's sees a lot of opportunity here. He's nine targets again last week for him. Uh, he seems to be, you know, kind of one of their favorite targets there for, uh, Kenny Pickett, who looks like he should play, but, uh, everything else seems pretty thin. I do think the, um, the giants tied in, uh, is kind of an interesting spot because, Seattle is abysmal against tight ends. They have allowed the uh, 22 DK points a week uh, allowed per game. Then you have Arizona, who is second with 21. And then there's a big drop-off all the way down to Atlanta with 16.9. So there's a pretty big drop-off there uh, between those two teams, uh, between Seattle and Arizona. So I think it's kind of an interesting spot that if you wanted to get different for a player who's going to have no ownership, I I think you could maybe look to play that
2: at a position that's been historically bad and we don't have any value on this slate. So make no. sense.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and jump over to tight end or tight end. Uh, let's jump over to defense.
2: There's only one defense I'm playing.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's Washington. I'm, I'm, I'm playing Washington against Ellinger. He won. there was two things that he did in the preseason. He he did look rather good, but a, he wanted to push the ball deep down the field. B, he took five sacks in his three games that he played, and he only played you know a quarter or two quarters each game that he played. So, I mean, he was on pace for three to five sacks uh, each game, uh, each preseason game, because he did not play full games, uh, only played a quarter or two quarters at most, and still took five sacks in, across those three games. So, he will hold on to the ball. He will take sacks, and he wants to work the ball down the field. Uh, at least he did in preseason. So if he's doing that, those are all the recipes for defenses to score points.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's nothing to argue with me here for that. I also they're going to be
2: high owned, but I don't. I really don't care.
1: Right. Uh, I also think the Rams I, I, is kind of uh, intriguing as well. Jimmy Garoppolo, especially if you get, um, if you get, yeah. if you're able to get pressure on him, uh, you have no Debo. Yeah, twenty seven hundred dollars. Uh, I think that that is uh, something that you could look at as well, especially at home. So $2,700 yep. Rams defense, I think is where I'd go. So. Um, other than that, I think uh, that kind of wraps it up. I don't really need to get into too much else on the def- uh, defensive side of the ball. So why don't we go ahead and make a lineup?
2: All right. You can start it off. Let's do uh, Olave since we both love him.
1: You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go Andy Dalton.
2: All right, then play Camara, and you can play your boy,
1: Devontae Adams. So we All need right. a running back. We have forty-five, sixty remaining.
2: Okay, I'll give us some salary with Commanders
1: D. Commanders, okay. So that breaks up to five K per position. We have we need a running back, wide receiver, a tight end, and a flex. Let's. I'm gonna go with Irv Smith okay uh tony pollard okay so we need a wide receiver and a flex fifty three hundred dollars remaining
2: oh there's a there's a there's a perfect one we can go most in the flex and wandale a wide receiver it's like a glove yeah it does actually and they, they get you exposure to miami I think fading Miami completely is probably a death wish.
1: Yeah, so all right, So we'll go ahead and lock this one in. We got Andy Dalton, Alvin Kamara, Tony Pollard, Chris Olave, Devontae Adams, Wondell Robinson, Irv Smith, Raheem Mostert, and the Commanders D at defense with no money left remaining. We're going to lock that one in. I like that team.
2: I do too. It's. I mean, it's got high upside if that Vegas-New Orleans game shoots out and it should be the lowest under the three big games. And we've got Mostert, which should be the lowest-owned piece of
1: Miami, too. So, yeah, high upside spots, low ownership. All right. Before we wrap this up, I promised Tam in our chat that was over here that we would answer. She had a question. She's still new to DFS. Why stack? Still learning.
2: So when you stack, that it forces you to get less things correct on a slate. So let's say hypothetically you don't stack, right? You play QB without wide receivers um, and you play every wide receiver and tight end you have is from an individual team for you to win a tournament. Each of those individual players have to be the highest scoring player on their teams without their teammates doing anything crazy as well. And typically that doesn't happen when we see game, when we see guys absolutely smash, especially through passing attacks, it's because the game environment as a whole is what is smashing. And so when that happens, it's usually two to three guys that go pair with the quarterback. Uh, So I guess a good example, um, what's a good example? A a good example would be that Miami Baltimore game in what week two, it was 42 to 38, right? If you played Tua who scored a, a ton of points, he took both Tyreek and Waddle with him. Like I think Tua had 43 points and Tyreek had 40-something points and Waddle almost had 40 points. Like that stack as a whole was where all the points of that whole weekend basically came from. Uh and the Ravens crushed on the other side. And and so usually you just want to pick a game that you think is going to crush and play a quarterback, especially, especially if they're not a mobile quarterback. If they're not a mobile quarterback, you need them to throw. At least three touchdowns for them to have a chance to be in the winning lineup, but sometimes four. So if that's happening, they're not all going to one person, and you you want to be able to capture as many of those touchdowns as you can. And so by betting on one game to go nuclear, that's covering four spots, five spots of your lineup that you're making, and it forces you to get less things right. So by me saying that one game is going to be the best game of the slate, I now am covering. I am now predicting that one thing is going to happen but it's covering five of my spots on my team as, as opposed to saying, Oh, let me pick these five individual players. And i now have to be right that those five individual players are going to be the, the highest scoring players from their team while none of their teammates do anything good. So that's why, that's why stacking is, is optimal uh, and is the best way to approach NFL.
1: Yeah. And Tam, I don't know if, if you're still in here, but um, I'll also say that, uh, especially if you're new to DFS, um, some of this may be obvious, but like avoiding, uh, especially contest selection is very important. Um, don't go to the you know the three dollar, what is it, the four hundred and fifty thousand contest entry, whatever. Where it was like it's one point one million, whatever. Obviously, the the the, the prizes look awesome, but your chance of you winning that are slim to none. It's yep. like give a better chance of winning the lottery. Like go find the, the 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 especially right now. You're trying to build. You're trying to build a little bit of a bankroll. Try to, you know try to win a little bit of money. You know, try to go find the, the the smaller contest with maybe only two or three thousand people in it, or something like that. Um, you know, you you may not pay a lot, whatever. That's totally fine. You know, start learning, start building a bankroll up, and then, but just avoid those, those top heavy, the the ones that they're featured, you know, and all that stuff, because you're you're probably never going to win anything. You know, if you want to throw in a couple lineups into one of them, do it, because like I would like want to jump off a bridge if I if I if I put together the nuts lineup. And it wasn't in something that could that, that that could win, but I wouldn't go crazy like that's not where I w- I would put all my money into, and that's where I, w- I would focus on because you're gonna get run over in, in, in those ones. And like I said, it's almost like winning the lottery if you happen to put together a good enough lineup to hit one of those smaller. Uh, you know, we talk about it a lot. Like single entry um, is certainly single entry, three entry max is definitely uh, where I would want to look at at most. Maybe if you want to if you want to do a twenty entry max. I think you could do that, but that's probably a little bit too high. Again, single entry, three entry max is probably the best spots to go to in my in my, in my mind, because then you're not worried about these guys that are out here at max multi entering at 150 lineups, and you have your five lineups in there compared to their 150, and they're able to cover all their bases. Where you're not really going to be able to do that, and you, the chance of you winning just drops significantly from there. So single entry, three entry max is really the best way to go. You know, you could do some 20 entry match or some decent contests that that are just 20 entry max as well and it kind of gives you a little bit better of an opportunity so contest selection matters a lot in terms of you know being able to build You know, and honestly i would rather play one lineup every single week that was like at a 20 or 50 contest uh, for, for an entry fee versus you know playing in a one dollar entry you know entry fee that's a 20 that's a 20 entry max uh doing that because you know you can have a good lineup and maybe it only gets you six bucks versus something like that if, if you if you hit on a you know like i said a 20 or a 50 dollar entry fee you're going to win significantly more money and you don't need as much to be able to do it either so
2: yeah the goal the goal is to come in first at least once each season uh because if you come in first place you're likely 50x 100x what your entry fee was and now you could lose the other 16 17 18 weeks and you're still ahead for the whole year so the goal is to to come in first at least one time for the season and the best way to do that is to I I personally do not play in, in contests that are over uh over a thousand entrants. And that's because I increase want to increase my chances of coming in first. Now, granted, I play in higher dollar higher dollar contests, but uh, you know, I've gotten there by building my bankroll by playing in these single entries and three entry max uh you know contests where I've had you know first place finishes. So um winning first place more often is easier to do in these contests that have less people in it. And also uh, one last point I'll make is when you're playing against those, you know, where there's 20,000 entrants or 25,000 entrants or, you know, 200,000 entrants, the guy in first place will always, always, always have that 0.2% owned guy that went for a hundred yards that you were not even considering Uh, that is men price. He just played him just to play him. He scored a hundred yards and two touchdowns on three catches and he's got him, you don't, and you can no you can no longer win first place because you don't have that guy. So uh when you play in the smaller fields, those guys get eliminated because there's less combinations and people don't take those chances uh on guys like that. So um it's just it's just a more more winnable contest uh structure.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And uh lastly, uh so you can look at uh predicted high score games to help, yes. Um, really, Tam, the easiest thing you can do is go, uh, just go on Google type in, um, really, uh, the one I like is, NF, uh, fantasy from fantasy labs just because it's live and they update it all the time, but just type in like week eight NFL implied point totals. And then, uh, like I said, fantasy labs has one. It's free and there's a bunch of different stuff in there that you can click on. You can go to live for like the scoring that that would be your implied point totals. And then you have the over unders and you can just click live at once and then it'll bring up the top. And then you can just kind of look and see, okay, these are the kind of the top scoring games every uh, on the slate for Vegas that week. And those are kind of the games that I would look to, you know, kind of pick from, you know, if you got a feel for what maybe a game that's, uh, you know, kind of in that mid tier, you don't have to just play game The guys from the, you know, the 51 and a half point total, you know, you could have, because Vegas has been really not good this year. I think the under has hit like 60% of the time this year or something like that so far. Like, so Vegas has not been very uh, great uh, so far this year. So finding, you know, the, a game like, you know, like Seattle the giants, that's 45 point total, um, something like that, where maybe it's not as high. Um, I think, you know, can obviously pay off as well. If, if you can find a stack like that, that you're really on as well, you don't always have to go straight to the top. So I just wanted to mention that as well. So.
2: Yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah, definitely.
1: They, I mean, Vegas, they have millions and
2: millions and millions of dollars in play on both sides, uh, of games every single week. So their lines have to be efficient and they are, they're absolutely the best at it because they have to be. Um, so it's definitely a really good rule of thumb to start there. I wouldn't let it be the the end all be all though, because like Kev said, you know, there's a lot of times those 50 point games end up, you know, 24 to 21 and they still score 45 points, but you know, it's only three touchdowns on both sides, but then you've got a a 45 point total like Miami and, and Baltimore that, that week. There was, I think, one game or two games that had a higher total than them, but with all the firepower on on that off that on both offenses, I think it was like a forty five total, and nobody played that game. And it's like when I look back at it, I'm thinking to myself, why didn't I play that game? Right? Because nobody was on that game, but it's a game that could have exploded on both sides of the ball, and it did. It was 40, 42 to thirty eight. So you want to just try to identify, you know, which games have a chance to go quote unquote nuclear that week, and you know, try to try to pick one of those games that, that you like the most. Or if there's a game like last week, Kev really liked the Chiefs uh, against San Francisco, a banged up San Francisco defense. And the Chiefs were coming in at 2% owned. And it's like, why don't you just play Patrick Mahomes when he's 2% owned and Ke- Travis Kelsey when he's 2% owned and Juju Smith-Schuster attached to Patrick Mahomes when nobody's playing the Chiefs at all. And that ended up being, and Miko Hartman, same thing, S- scored three touchdowns. Like, those are just it's just getting getting yourself exposed to game environments that other people aren't getting exposed to that have a chance to have be really high scoring is the quickest way to vault yourself to the top of the leaderboards.
1: Yeah. So, and Tam, you know if you ever have any questions, I know you're in uh, our Discord, you can jump over to the DFS if you have any questions as well. Yep. Um and you can tag either one of us so we could uh talk more over there as well. Well, appreciate the super chat, $5 holler. I yeah, appreciate always. DJ Nation. Uh appreciate you actually he jumped on with me last night and uh for our live stream, because Cody couldn't. So, uh, um, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was good times with uh, Man Bun Walido over there. Uh, they were part-time <laughs> in our Discord today about his man bun. Hey, it's whatever, man. It's cool. No big deal. But, they not,
2: uh, do they not do haircuts in Canada?
1: I guess not. Um, you know, I guess uh, maybe there's I, no, like, I say
2: that as I need to get one myself. I haven't cut they, my hair
1: in forever. Maybe they don't have sports clips theirs or something like that, you know? <laughs> so, anyways... I appreciate everybody. We spent a little longer than we normally do, but uh, we talked about a lot of different things. But anyways, I appreciate everybody checking out and being here. Uh, If you have any questions, like I said, you can jump into our absolutely free Discord. The link will be in the description of any video or in the podcast feed. Uh, It'll it'll also be in there as well. So I hope everybody has a good weekend. Let's win some money this weekend. I hope everybody has a good Halloween weekend. Stay safe out there, and we will catch you guys on the next one. We
0: out! Who you're talking to When well, you better get used to the way the war bounces I see what you got, adventures and ounces But that's a great boy, yeah That's a great little man Break it down Think you're right enough Think you're right, Think you're, right Think you're a big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Just not wanting me to be someone else